Hey folks, I'm Jeremy. And I'm John. And we are Poemcast. Breathing life into pulmonary and critical care core content. Here at Poemcast, we believe in a brain-protective strategy, delivering information at 6 megabytes per kg. Y'all are so nerdy. (laughs) So take a deep breath. (sighs) We are diving in. (laughs) That wasn't terrible. No. Hey there, and welcome to Poemcast. It's Jeremy and John, your two favorite podcasts, back at it for the 2017 GLA annual retreat. When we were asked to spend some time discussing professional development during the retreat, we thought, what better way to do that than a podcast? Maybe we should have just done a Piedmont University module. So everyone can just click through and guess at the end? Yeah, podcast it is. So our goals for this episode are threefold. First, we want to talk about our accomplishments brag a little bit. Next, we want to share interviews with some key stakeholders in our program. And finally, we want to be open and honest with the team about the challenges we've faced over the past year. And we do that with the hope of obtaining feedback on how we can fix it over this next year. John, we've accomplished a lot of things this year as a professional development program, right? That's true. Did you mention we started a podcast yet? Actually, I don't think that we've talked to this group of people yet. So, guys, we started a pulmonary and critical care podcast called Pulmcast, and the idea is that we... Jeremy, I was joking. You've emailed, tweeted, Facebooked, texted, and called everyone here. You think a billboard on 75 was overkill? Maybe just a little. I gotta make a phone call. Hold on. Anyway, onboarding was our first and remains our primary task as a program. And we did a lot of that this year. In fact, we onboarded 18 APPs just in 2016. And we have many more in training and coming soon. We fully fleshed out our sleep and pulmonary office trainee tracks, in addition to expanding the pulmonary inpatient track and beefing up the ICU track. So our highly trained APPs are now working at four different hospitals with soon-to-be 24-7 coverage at every facility. And we have new office sleep APPs at a ton of our pulmonary clinics. Talk to us about your experience as a new hire and what the training program was like. So I think I have a love-hate relationship with the training program. On the one hand, I love learning. In fact, learning was my number one quality on StrengthFinder. Shout out to Megan. And I actually kind of miss the constant pressure needing to read stuff and watch stuff and listen to podcasts in the car. But here, that pressure is gone, and so sometimes I don't feel as motivated to keep learning. I think back to those nights where you'd walk into the room of a crashing patient and have no clue what to do, and you look back to somebody like Michelle Gorzelnik, and she gives you those Gorzelnik eyes. They kind of say, any day now, Junior. You know, I I think in the end, this balance of letting you kind of struggle to swim, but still being there for support has made me a better provider. And so it's really cool to see the progress that has been made as a result of the training program. We had a successful year of continuing education, too. Eleven articles were presented at journal club events amongst our various COEs. Thanks to your idea, we tried out Beast Mode Journal Club, which was a success, reviewing three to four articles within the same journal club. If anybody didn't like Beast Mode, it was actually John's idea. (laughs) And, well, you were the first APP to host Grand Rounds ever. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget the job Zolti did playing the instrument at Grand Rounds. 
I'm pretty sure that you said instrument because you don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, it's a Vesuvula bamboozle, one of those things from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh Uh-huh, you mean a didgeridoo? Yeah, yeah, didgeridoo. (laughs) So let's not also forget about Steve Harris nerding out on some immunology. In fact, I remember Urkel texting me about how much he loves inflammatory cytokines. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Am I Urkel? Yes. Nobody else in the group would not be ashamed to admit they love inflammatory cytokines. Listen, TNF-alpha, interleukin-1, how can you not love those things? (laughs) And Craig trying to scare people out of riding in planes anymore with his medicine at 30,000 feet talk. And we had Randy Young from Penn State Hershey Medical Center to discuss lung transplantation for us. I think he left wanting a job. And we had Nancy Collip from Emory's Sleep Program discussing home sleep studies with patients who have OSA. We are constantly expanding our offerings and exploring new avenues to educate. I think Mike Burton is a pretty good example of that. He has done an awesome job with our simulation program. He launched and hosted our first two FCCS courses and expanded to offering it to nurses and RTs throughout the system. Let's not forget that he ran over 20 mock codes for our new hires with a multidisciplinary group of stat team nurses and respiratory therapists. I've watched a few of them, and I think my favorite part is the face that the new hires make when the patient starts to code. In the future, you might be seeing a compilation video. I feel certain none of the new hires want to see that video. So this year, we partnered with Learning and Development to successfully host our first difficult airway course. And this came after passing the new policy with MedExec to allow APPs to intubate. Late news coming in just this week. Our dreams of becoming a partner with the Difficult Airway course going to be a reality. Our own people will be utilized as faculty as our partnership with them grows. Soon we will be running their course entirely on our own. So we onboarded three new physicians last year, and we've just started onboarding several more. That's right. We hosted the first physicians through our newly minted MD onboarding program. Here's what they had to say. Physician onboarding process uh, at GLA is very thorough. Um, It gives new physicians a good overview of the culture of the group, um, how we all work together. Overall, the process will stand you in good stead, uh, regardless of the facility you work. So I know we're awesome, but let's transition away from all the awesome stuff that we've done this year. Having that much success doesn't come easy, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. Rather than have this be a typical rah-rah, look-how-great-we-are event, we wanted to have open and honest discussion with the group and share some of our struggles to get some feedback. For some context, we wanted to ask our leaders for their thoughts about the purpose of the program before diving into our challenges. So let's turn to the leaders. Koi, what is the value of professional development? I believe professional development is the cornerstone of our division's growth and success. Some feel it provides the foundation for continuing medical education and leadership development, which are critical in our pursuit of quality-driven and patient-centric healthcare. We asked Dr. Jackson about the importance of giving back to the medical community. Well, the cornerstone of any industry is the ability to perpetuate your craft. It is important to educate those who come behind you to ensure that they carry on the cultures, beliefs, and values that you've established. Also, that they can practice what we consider as high-quality, evidence-based medicine. Teach one, do one has always been the cornerstone of medical education. So I think that having things like succession planning and craft perpetuation in place is imperative. Dr. Case, what is the importance of investing in your team? 
Well, I think there's a lot of different elements to that. I think when we think about professional development, we think in three frames. We want a robust onboarding process for our physicians and APPs. We want a robust continuing education program. We also want a plan for each individual to maximize their professional satisfaction and impact within the organization. And those three things, to me, are the underpinnings of a strong professional development program. I've had some new hires ask, who's this Martha who keeps emailing me? Let's let her tell us, in her own words, what her role is on the team. I see my role as providing uh, the logistics and accountability. Uh, So I try to participate in everybody's new hire interview um, and review what the expectations are going to be just to make sure that um, they have that we're meeting all of their needs and giving them every opportunity to be successful. Uh, and then lastly, I think I, I participate in uh, making sure that the teens have the resources they need. But like we alluded to earlier, it's not all hugs and flowers in the world of professional development. No, it's certainly not. Training 18 APPs is hard work. The ICU new hires now train for approximately six months. Let's ask our educators their opinion. Michelle, you've had a new hire almost every shift you've worked over the last year. Tell us how that's been. I certainly do appreciate the value of doing education. However, coming into an already stressful job, the magnification of having a new hire and the stress level is impressive. And then when you add a winter census onto everything in a busy night, it makes it super enjoyable. I think that one of the best things that the team in general can do to help out is try to offset any burden that the person training someone does have and try to be as of much assistance as they can. We've asked Richard St. Charles the same question. He's another veteran who has had trainees nearly every shift he's worked. I guess when I think about training, um, it's a very rewarding experience, mainly because it's it's not easy. It's a challenge. Anytime I have a trainee with me, it's always one step forward, two step backwards. But as long as we're continuing to progress, it, it is very rewarding. But when you think you've made progress and then eight weeks later you find out you really haven't, uh, I think the one word to really explain it best is devastating. And uh, it really strikes me at an emotional level, which kind of depletes my energy when I'm thinking about all the other things that I know I have to do during the day. So let's go back to Dr. Case to talk about these challenges a little bit more. What we're struggling with now is how much of that heavy lifting is supposed to be done through a generalized citizenship program for all the physicians and APPs, or if we need to focus on a smaller number of people uh, to increase their time to deliver these asks in a way that is perhaps on a more professional plane. And all of us, I think, are recognized there's a balance there. And being able to lay out that balance more clearly so that everybody can get their mind around what the achievable asks are for every member of our division is something that I'm looking for uh, our team to get some answers for during this retreat. So, to summarize, we've set our sights pretty high, and as a result, we've done some pretty amazing things this year. Since our time at Piedmont, we've grown tremendously as a group. We're backed by a great leadership team and a high-functioning professional development team who support and believe in what we're doing. 
But being a high-achieving team comes at a cost. And these past few years haven't been easy. In fact, the sheer volume of trainees coming through the program and a heavy focus on education has placed a unique burden on both our physicians and our veteran APPs. How do we focus on continued growth in education while at the same time tending to the issues of resource utilization, work-life balance, and burnout? So we're not going to pretend to have all of the answers to these questions, but I do believe that the first step is talking about them. Perhaps it would be best to pull the room and have them join in on the conversation. We have a mix of anonymous, multiple choice, and open-ended questions to facilitate the discussion and hopefully point us in the right direction over the coming years. Let's end with what I think is a fitting quote from Michelle. Ultimately, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel, and we will eventually stop training new hires once we conquer the world. Well, folks, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to Palmcast. Not that you had a choice. As usual, keep breathing, keep streaming, and keep reading.